0: overwhelmed. And we are recording. We are live on air. Welcome.
1: Hello and welcome to our podcast. Today we'll be discussing all the dating reality TV drama from Bachelor Nation to Love Island as well as the current trends in reality TV. Hi everybody. I am Geneva Guadalupe
0: and I'm Hannah Masalma
1: and we are going to be talking today about finding love in reality TV the pros, the cons, and the ulterior motives that a lot of, uh, contestants who go on these shows tend to have. So I just kind of wanted to, um, start off our conversation discussing what people, you know, are thinking of why they choose to go on a dating reality TV show. And so, you know, some things that I've made note of are that there are, there are pros to it. So you can gain, um, Local notoriety, national, international attention from people. A lot of people, especially in modern day, tend to go on basically these t- types of shows to gain social media followers, and then that so those social media followers lead to brands and ambassadors, uh, ambassador deals, and making money off of platforms like Instagram and TikTok and other um, social media platforms and. I guess with dating shows too, you tend to see that, um, with shows like The Bachelor, for example, or Love Island, you tend to go somewhere different and get to explore a new location. Um, and not necessarily with The Bachelor, but I guess you tend to see, um, with Love Island that there's actually a prize money associated with winning as well as the finding love component. And a lot of people like to go on to meet new people, make new friends and that sort of thing um so yeah hannah like what do you think about um some of these i guess pros or reasons that people choose to go on dating reality tv shows and what other pros do you tend to see i guess maybe that can come out of it
0: i think there's a lot to gain but there's also a lot to lose you do get the opportunity to make yourself known to a larger group of people. You have that audience, you have that publicity, you have that opportunity to really reach out to people that you otherwise would not get to reach out to. At the same time, I think there is this glitz and glamour, but underneath there is a lot of grittiness to it because you're presenting, and I think you said this best, a lot of your emotional baggage in a really public arena. And it's one thing to do that, say, in a book or in a TV appearance where you have control. But with reality TV, you know, you do your thing. And then the editors behind the scenes, the producers, the directors, they do their thing. And that is so far out of your control because, and this has happened before, you have this sense of, if not scriptedness, manipulation, to the actual TV show. And that's that can be a good thing. It can make things more interesting, but it can also be a very risky thing. And so it's very much, to use the legal terminology, an assumption of risk. You're assuming a big risk to your personality, to your image, and to your reputation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that is very interesting about going on shows like this mm-hmm. is that you essentially will likely be signing some sort of contract basically waiving your rights um, so that producers and production can do whatever they want um, with the footage that is either recorded um, anything that you say can be used um, and they can use it however they'd like to use it um, whether if they're photos or any other certain situation so that's one thing where it's kind of a, it becomes a bit challenging where you are exposing yourself um, to a bunch of criticism because people are not going to necessarily perceive you in the way that you may want to be perceived. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that I've noticed a lot um, in not only just the reality TV world, but any like public figure, even mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. politicians, a lot of people tend to face um, not only hate, but death threats, um, a lot of um, negativity, people in your DMs, Spewing just a lot of awful things about people, and that's kind of one of the risks of going. So it's like, although you're getting some positive yeah. attention and affirmation from a lot of people who may be a huge fan of you, you're also gonna get a lot of hate um, for very, very like minuscule things. I, you know, it could be because of you know your race, your ethnicity, could be mm. because of your hairstyle, could be because of the way that you carry yourself and speak there are just so many things that really can affect um, just how people perceive you and people really follow your every move um, especially not only your dating decisions Um, but I think one thing I've noticed too especially um, with a lot of the um, tension that we have currently in our country is a lot of people also look to um, these social media influencers for statements and when it regards to politics and those sorts of perspectives and they feel like if you don't post a statement or don't put something in your story or in your Instagram live about how you feel about a certain political issue you get a lot of backlash for that so it's it seems like in some ways it could bring you positivity to go on these shows but it also seems like it really just brings not a like a lot of sadness, a lot of potential anxiety, depression, right, a lot right. of challenges seem
0: to come your way as well. I love the fact that you brought up politics because that's an area in which it really seems like you can't win, regardless of what your political beliefs are. They are going to be out there until the end of time. And I think that once you say something, you can never unsay it, especially in the age of social media. And it's such a cliche. I mean, it's it's like a sitcom parent thing to say, watch what you post, you can never unpost, but it's real, it's true. And a lot of these contestants going on these shows are, you know, 20, 21, 22, very young. Um, a lot of them have just turned 18, so they're just, you know, legally able to sign those kinds of contracts. And then what happens is that perhaps they don't have the legal knowledge, perhaps they don't have the proper representation, or just the savviness to realize that those things that they're saying are going to be out there forever. And it's very, very difficult to take that kind of thing back once you've said it. And so it's great entertainment for the audience. But for someone who says something, um, whether they actually meant it that way, or whether to use the cliche, it got taken out of context. That's not something that you can erase. It's like, you know, coloring, a coloring book with Sharpie. It's just, it's always, always going to be there for better or for worse.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like one thing I commonly get from my parents all the time is like, watch what you say on social media. And I'm like, I do basically anything that I wouldn't want my parents to see. I just don't post it because I don't want to have to worry about, you know, saying something that I might regret in the future. Um, And I mean, I'm pretty like, open and transparent with how I feel I think I really express my opinions on social media but I think sometimes too you know when it comes to even political beliefs and stuff if you know especially in Facebook which I think is a very polarizing platform especially because I I know a lot of people from different walks of life you know saying something about those sorts of things might cause a lot of tension um and I know people who have had difficulties with other people's opinions and especially um with a lot of stuff that's going on right now um you know as as regarding to um you know black lives matter and even just like the insurrection and i guess things within re- really the elections there's just a lot of high intention, and i've noticed too that i've seen people like actually in the subreddit for the bachelor for example Monitor how people have posted in regards to these topics, or whether you know whether they have or not. So that's where it's basically you are monitored and scrutinized for basically everything that you do. Um, but right. a couple of things that I also do want to bring up that are either good or bad about dating on reality TV is that you are um, you are essentially. Alone, you do not have social media, you don't have that outside communication. Mm. So, you can really focus on building an organic relationship with an individual. And I think recently, what we've seen with the se- season 16 of The Bachelorette, where we had two bachelorettes, Claire and Taisha, and um, Love Island uh, 2, which was actually held in Vegas this year because of COVID, um, mm. and even Matt James' recent season of The Bachelor. They're all filmed in one central location, mostly because of COVID procedures and not wanting to deal with, you know, the pandemic. But being able to be in these central locations actually allows for the possibility of relationships to foster. And sometimes you have the romanticized ideal when those seasons when you're traveling all over the world. And people are just kind of like, oh, I'm falling in love with him or her. But it might have to do with the fact that you're just in a romantic location. Right, um, right. So I was just curious what, you have to, you know, what you'd have to say about that, I guess.
0: I love that you brought up the centralized location because I thought, my God, what if they had The Bachelor on Zoom and you just <laughs> tune in every weeknight with this like little gallery view of like all the Bachelor contestants. And I think that it speaks to something where there's just certain things, whether it's reality TV that you can't really do online. Like there's a certain something about human connection. And I really do think that people, especially during the pandemic, we've seen this spike specifically in reality TV viewing because people wanna feel like they're talking to real people. Right. If you're stuck in your dorm, in your apartment, in your house, you want to feel like you maybe get that weekend out with friends that you can't do anymore. So you turn on The Bachelor, maybe you even turn on Love Island, 90 Day Fiance, any one of those shows to make you feel like you're actually hanging out with a group of your friends. And because of their incredible presence on social media, it does feel like, you know, these people. It does feel like they are your friends. It does feel like you have this incredibly intimate view on their life, even if, as as we saw this, uh, this season of The Bachelor slash Bachelorette, that whole thing is fabricated. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about that.
1: Well, I guess one thing I did want to... Touch on, I guess that you do make a good point of is I feel like with reality TV contestants, I feel like they're a bit like they're kind of like an influencer or celebrity that's mm. a bit more connected to the people um, in comparison to like a movie star or like a mm. tele- like a normal television like that's drama a good point a mm. star. Um, and I think even through this pandemic, there have because reality TV has become a huge component to how people are. Arriving with a lot of these shows that have come out or um, a lot of production companies when they brought, you know, Big Brother a bit later, um, Mm -hmm. even though that's not dating, you know, competition reality show, um, and just bringing these other sorts of uh, content for people to watch. I feel like I've also seen a lot of these reality stores be. I mean reality contestants be more engaged Mm. um with their like their followers and even myself I've been able to interact with a lot of uh Mm. competition reality uh, stars from shows like Survivor and Big Brother um and stuff like that so that's it's just been a very interesting experience to kind of feel like I'm friends with these people even though Mm -hmm. I may not necessarily Mm -hmm. be just because there's just that form of well, we're normal people, we just happen to be finding love on TV or competing in this competition on TV or doing something of that regard. Um, so I guess I just wanted to, I guess, uh, follow up with you. So um, I guess you mean in terms of uh, two, like two seasons ago with the uh, Jed and Hannah
0: drama? Yes, I cannot wait to hear your take on that. This so is going to be fun. Thing
1: we really want to talk about? For this episode is ul- ulterior motives and what, you know, why people tend to go on these shows and what they're pursuing out-, out of them. And the reason I'm bringing up Jed and Hannah from a couple years ago is because they also a little bit kind of remind me of a recent event that has come out public on Twitter and Instagram, which relates to... For Hannah sure. ...on Love Island. So we'll definitely get to that. But because you know... Bachelor, I feel like, is a show a lot of its time, or The Bachelorette, where a lot of people question, like, are you here for the right reasons? Mm. I feel like this uh, example with Hannah and Jed is an example of someone who was definitely not there for the right reasons. Um, So for those who don't know, Jed was a contestant on Hannah Brown's uh, season of The Bachelorette, and they actually went on a one-on-one date where Jed basically confessed to Hannah that he actually came onto the show for a music career. (sighs) Now, this kind of confuses me in my head because The Bachelorette is a dating show, so I'm not sure what you're doing on there to promote your music. I feel like if you're going to promote your music, you need to go on The Voice or American Idol Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Not The Bachelorette. Um, and actually the timing of when this season came out was unfortunate for Jed because shortly after that um, Bachelor Nation created a show called Listen to Your Heart which had the love component and the musicians singing songwriting component so he kind of I think was ahead of his time unfortunately but he basically confessed that he had gone on the show not really for love it was really to promote his music and his social media. And she was like, you know, she seemed a little confused about it.
0: <laughs> As we more. all were, right?
1: I mean, fair. But then he's like, but I'm actually really staying for you. Which, okay, She's There's like, so oh, much to unpack. Right.
0: <laughs> um,
1: not sure how I felt about that. But what ends up happening is she deals with drama with some of the other guys like Luke P and whatnot. And then... It comes to the end where she's basically falling in love with Jed and she ends up giving her final rose to Jed. They get engaged. But you know what comes out shortly after that? Oh god. A story about how Jed went onto the show having a girlfriend. They never broke up. So he went onto the show having a girlfriend to date somebody. Then gets engaged <laughs> to <with> that person.
0: Ah. <sighs>
1: And I'm just like, what, what are you doing? Like, I I mean, Hannah, what do you, what do you think about this? A
0: lot of things. I think a lot of things. Oh my God. I think that my first thought actually, when I heard about the Hannah and dead drama was he's gaming the system. That's not why you go on this show. Like I had this sense of righteous indignation. Like it's like when you're playing dodgeball and there's that one kid who just, He gets hit a million times and he won't leave the game. And you're like, stop it, Jason, you're out. That's how I felt about this situation, because he's not on the show even to pretend like he's there to find love. He's on the show to get fame and publicity and get a record deal out of that. And my first thought was the producers must have been so mad. That's my first thought, is the producers must have been so mad. And then I realized, I kind of just marinated in my thoughts a little bit, and I realized, hold on a second. The producers are not mad. The producers are probably very, very happy because the amount of press coverage on Hannah and Jed was insane. I mean, think about it. How often do you hear about The Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants who got married and lived happily ever after, as opposed to the ones who had some sort of crazy marriage drama, who in one case gave their final roast to one person and then took it back and gave it to another person, that's the kind of thing that we live for and so, you know, as reality TV viewers. So as someone who's watching that show, I was intrigued and I was shocked and I also started to realize maybe Jed didn't exactly play within the boundaries of the show. But he's very much playing into the rules, which is get attention, right? Reality TV is a sphere where no news is bad news. All publicity is good publicity. As long as you can make a splash, even if that splash is radioactive and causes someone to drown in the ocean of heartbreak that is a broken engagement, you've done your job as a reality contestant. And ethically speaking, do I think that's right? No, I don't. But that's not what reality TV is about. I always think of the opening line of um, Anna Karenina: "All happy families are alike; each unhappy family is unhappy in this in its own way." And and each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. I think that's the motto of reality TV show producers. I think that's what they live for: is how many ways can the human experience be unhappy, or be dramatic, or be ridiculous, or be attention-grabbing, right? Because we all love to watch a train wreck.
1: Absolutely. And, like, the thing is, I don't mind somebody going on a show like The Bachelor Bachelorette mm-hmm if they're going on, you know, partially for the opportunities, like obviously I think everyone knows at this point, if you go on, you're probably going to get some followers, probably maybe going to sponsor a few brands. You're going to probably travel the world. You're probably going to have people who love and obsess over you. You might get other opportunities from that because that's the new reality of living in a world of social media Right, right. and monetization and brand deals. But the thing is, if you are not there on a dating show for love, like, like, you know, like, he kind of was like, oh, you know, I'm here for you now. And then he fell for her. But I'm just like, the fact that you let her on like that, and you had no intention really to find love. That's where it it just crosses the line for me. And Mm. I, you know, personally, I don't think I would be able to ever go on bachelor just because i think the timeline is so short and i probably would not be able to deal with dating a guy who's dating like 25 <laughs> to 30 other women Like, even just watching the bachelorette the bachelor tonight with matt james it was just an emotional train wreck with how the women were responding to him having time with certain women and whatnot so like i don't think i'd be able to do that personally um but that's where it's just like um, real emotions are involved like I right, know that there are right. aspects of The Bachelor, you know, that people are like, oh, well, this is not real, and this is producer-manipulated. It's like, yeah, there are some situations where they might be trying to tell a different narrative that may be actually happening, and people are getting into conflicts and drama for TV, but these are real people with real feelings and real emotions, so p- some people are being affected by what is going on, and so that's why I just felt like what Jed did was just problematic and awful, I and just the fact that you know, Hannah was led to believe this. Then it's like, okay, well, I chose the wrong guy. I wasted my time in this experience. And then, you know, she wanted to see if maybe something could work out with Tyler Cameron. And then he started kind of seeing Gigi Hadid. So this was just like... Oh, God,
0: you can't compete with Gigi Hadid.
1: So that was just like, I don't know. There's just too much there. And now at this point, she didn't really end up with anybody. Um, you know, so it's just sad because I felt like an opportunity that could have been great just kind of went to waste um for Hannah um but yeah that's I (sighs) guess like those are my like thoughts about that situation
0: um I definitely think oh sorry
1: (laughs) no you're fine um yeah I guess the only other thing that I just want to address generally about um I guess maybe like the positives or negatives um as, as we're talking about it, is that essentially, you know, it's not necessarily the most successful way to find love, a dating reality TV show. Right.
0: I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think it's a sustainable model? The-
1: um, not necessarily, but I, I can agree that it works. There are successful couples that come from this show. There are happily engaged couples. There are married couples. <laughs> Um, I would say that the bachelorettes, so the female leads do a better job at picking their guys than the bachelor, the males, they do a horrible job. There are very few of them that are with their people. Um, But I really do think that it can work for some people, but it just really depends on the type of people and the situation. Like I feel like right now, obviously I don't know what's gonna happen, but I feel like Taysha and Zach, for example, Taysha was just the recent bachelorette, I think she might have a better shot than maybe some other leads past because mm. they were just at La Quinta Inn. That's the only place that they were at.
0: La Quinta, the place where romance happens. That's their exactly. official motto. Yeah. Not really, I not mean, really.
1: It's a, nicer, <laughs> it's a slightly nicer La Quinta, but like, when you compare it to, like, Nia Colon where Matt James is, it doesn't look... It doesn't like, compare, no. not compare at all. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like I think they actually have a decent shot because, one, they've both been married before and have been divorced. Um, you know, I think that they had the, you know, they're older, more mature, they
0: right? They have that, that experience
1: They're at the resort, getting to know each other. They weren't traveling the whole world and having the whole whimsical, you know, I would assume like the, the hotel kind of gets pretty old. So it's really the connection that they're forming and <laughs> right. getting to know each other. So that's what I would have to say about that. What are your thoughts?
0: I, I think it's very interesting that you said you could never be able to do it ever since like The Bachelor first aired, like I remember the first season. I think I was like in elementary or middle school. I just saw that and I was like, they're fighting over a rose. I can get two dozen roses at Costco for 14 I didn't really get it right. Like I didn't really get why it's so compelling. And I think Ooh. as I got older, I started to realize what reality TV does is it takes a very natural, very human desire, right, whether that's the desire for love, the desire to be recognized, whether that's the desire to win at something you're passionate about, right, like Project Runway, um, MasterChef. And then it turns that into a spectacle, right? And I, I remember my first year of college, I took this class on Roman gladiators and colosseums, And My professor said something that will always stick with me. She said that that was their version of reality TV, right? The Colosseum was Rome's version of reality TV. And I actually think it's almost the opposite. Like reality TV is our version of the Colosseum, right? Modern life, it's so organized and so regimented and so boring, sometimes, right? We need some kind of an outlet. We need something that's crazy and wild and unpredictable. And that's where I think really reality TV comes in, is it lets us kind of get rid of that destructive impulse, that crazy impulse. Like what if I just went on a random island and tried to choose between 12 men and which one of you guys is going to be my husband and I want that, you know, six figure valued Neil Lane diamond And it turns that into a TV show with incredibly attractive, incredibly charismatic individuals who really know for better or for worse how to keep our attention. And I think once again, the other thing to keep in mind here is well behaved women rarely make history. Right. So no one wants to have a reality TV show about a perfect family, perfect wife, perfect woman, perfect mother. We want to see people going off the rails. And I think the dark side of that is that women who do that are more harshly punished than men do, right? Like how many how many blog posts are devoted to talking about bachelor antics, right? Like the guys going crazy versus how many blog posts are devoted to the female contestants going crazy or to the female bachelorette contestants doing things that are completely societally unacceptable to us, right? There's just such a double standard there and how much attention we pay to that bad behavior and i think that that's part of what makes it so compelling is that we get to watch people act out our worst impulses and judge them as a society but at the same time that judgment has that darker side that darker double standard i guess the short answer is no i could never do the bachelor or The Bachelorette, yeah. not for me. I
1: feel like the dating show would not be for me in terms of reality television. I do feel like I would be more interested in doing something like a competition reality show. Right, like, right. You know, right. Survivor, Big Brother, um, just because I, I like the whole analytical strategic element. Right. Of that. And that's why right. during my master's, I did compete in a college survivor, Survivor Syracuse, um, and that's been airing on YouTube. So anyone listening can go check that out
0: absolutely Um, yeah
1: like it was a really cool way to kind of test my test my my brain test my limits test my uh social skills that's a big one you know and i think when you think about it i think it survivor is kind of like a game of diplomacy in in essence you know making alliances deals things like that i'm trying to make things happen for the betterment of yourself over, over necessarily everybody else. So I think that's probably more what I like. And also with those, you, you know, you can win the, you can win the money too. Right. That's 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 a big one. That's also pretty cool. So I feel like that's what I probably would be more inclined to do. I just feel like, especially with the dating shows, there's such a short period of time. I just don't feel like I'd be able to get to know someone that well enough to be like, this this is this is it, you know? So I think that's really where it is. But I, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I love watching <laughs> The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Love Island, any of these sorts of shows. So I will continue to watch them, but I just I just don't know if I would ever be able to do it personally.
0: I think it takes I think it takes a lot like to do any reality show, but the fact that you mentioned doing Survivor and then watching The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette, like those are two completely different skill sets almost. and I don't want to say that one is necessarily you have to be more intelligent because that's not what it is. It's just two completely different things. And I think that it's very interesting that lately in quarantine, there's been more focus on love and dating based reality TV shows or criminal TV shows, right? Sorry, um, Tiger King is what I'm referring to. Um, But like things where we, you know, where we get to follow the lives of people, you know, at their best and at their worst. And I've seen very little comparatively of competition shows of strategy based shows. I, I don't know why that is. And I if I had to posit a theory, I would say, again, it's because we want to have that social outlet, we want to have that sort of A brain massage almost where you can turn your brain off and watch the Kardashians eat salad around a gleaming granite countertop for 10 episodes in a row. Right. So I think I think that we're going to see more strategy shows as time goes on and as people kind of start to feel more ready for that. But for now, as we're in quarantine, I think there's going to be a lot more of The Bachelor, Bling Empire, Indian matchmaking that kind of easy-watching show where you don't have to necessarily feel like you are following along with some strategy. We just right. want to turn our brains off for a little.
1: I think part of it, too, also has to do with um, the complexity of production for a lot of these competitions. Absolutely, albums. yeah. Like, recently, the last several seasons of Survivor have been filmed in Fiji, and, like, I think there's trying to be like, a consistency of that. So I think with the pandemic, it's kind of hard to go – Tahiti. Those seasons, um, <laughs> right. so I think like that's why that's on a hold. I mean, Big Brother did happen. It normally would happen like like in the actual like summer, but it happened really like late summer, early fall. Um, and then right now, uh, we've seen Sequester, um, which is an online reality game that's become basically an online rea- reality show on YouTube. Um, but aside from that, there really isn't that much out there in the competition reality spheres. But hope to see more in 2021 and. 2022. Um, but I know that there was one other <laughs> drama that I wanted to discuss because it has been on my mind, um, especially cuz this was a show I was invested in over the summer. Um, Love Island, um, the USA version season. <sighs> two.
0: Oh my god.
1: And Twitter has been blowing up like crazy. People have been upset People have been mad. People have been sending death threats, which I do not condone at all, regardless of what happened. But that's the thing. That's that's one of the added pressures of going on reality TV and exposing your potential love and your vulnerability and your relationship and dating life in front of millions of people. And people will respond to that. Um, like, for instance, I even saw a bunch of tweets today. People were uh, judging Matt James for, like, not really being in love before or like he's been in love but he's changed his idea of what being in love means now and so there's a lot of you know negativity about that so it's like definitely there's a lot of criticism about who, who goes with who and whatnot um so I'm just gonna give a little basic rundown and then we're gonna talk about it yes <laughs> so basically Caleb and Justine um a very, very monumental couple on Love Island USA Season 2. They are the first, uh, you know, black couple to win this show, which is absolutely, you know, important, especially in terms of diversity, representation, inclusion. On a lot of dating shows, I I do want to say this, is that we tend to see that the perception of of standard of beauty is the European-centric standard of beauty, so because of right, that, right. it's it's shown that, like, people of color are not as deci- desirable as potential, like, future wives, husbands, you know, dating partners, etc. And so we haven't really seen, for example, a lot of um, Black women especially finding love. I don't think we've seen a lot of um, Asian Americans really find love on these sorts of platforms as well. Um, and so that's kind of been a challenge like it took till 2000 I think 17 for Rachel Lindsay to be named the first batch batch black bachelorette and that was um after that was like the 13th season of the bachelorette and Matt James is the first black bachelor after 25 seasons of the bachelor um and then Taysha was the first Afro-Latina uh bachelorette this past season but Claire was initially named the Bachelorette prior to her and then she left with Dale um so it's a lot of recency in terms of i guess i would say black people being on the forefront of reality television um and in terms of i guess caleb's identity um caleb is known to be biracial he is a white mom um and i guess also in general there's been a lot of debate about um standards of beauty in regards to that and how justine was perceived by the men on the show um there was a lot of instances like she's she's very like a beautiful like intelligent person but she just wasn't finding the right person on the show and like when she would you know try to test that relationship right working out and then you know caleb came into play and they seemed to have this organic special connection and america seeing it and at the very end of the show when they're the final four couples which were justine caleb johnny and sally which um they had some issues because of drama that happened at uh which is like was like a separate uh part of the show where they brought in different contestants for the guys to date um moira and calvin and, and laurel and carrington basically what ended up happening was people voted for justine and caleb um because not only did it seem like they had a great connection, um, a lot of people were huge fans of Justine and the way she carried herself on the show. Um, And they thought that Caleb was, like, a gentleman, a true nice guy, and really cared for her. Um, I know there were definitely some skeptics, of course, because there were always some skeptics. and uh, Right.
0: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Um, But,
1: yeah, so it was it was a very interesting love story to watch. And so I was very happy for them. You know, their uh, ship name is Jaleb and whatnot. So it, it surfaced essentially that there were photos of Caleb with his sisters, his mom, and his supposed girlfriend that he had prior to the show. Oh no. Hanging out for the holidays. Um, And it's very interesting because Justine never met Caleb's family in person. Um, But, you know, he met her family. And, like, his mom would, like, comment on, like, a lot of social media posts and stuff that she had. Caleb would comment on social media posts that Justine had and whatnot to show, like, the relationship was happening. And there was this one Instagram post, I recall, that his mom had. That basically was like, oh, you know, Caleb is just playing a part.
0: That's a bad sign.
1: (laughs) And some people noticed this. Oh, my God. There was like votes going on, like for like, oh, who do you like or whatever. She said that in her Instagram post. So that's where it becomes alarming to find out that Caleb seemed to have ulterior motives going on love island not only for he really wanted the money and the exposure but he had his own girlfriend and then came on to find love and even post-show like it was weird because they saw each other like a couple times and then they didn't really see each other um and then a lot of people were questioning like what's going on in their relationship It was just, like, the series mess. He started selling merchandise, saying, like, I love chocolate, like, referring, you know, to Justine's skin color, and referencing. I don't know. There was just, like, a lot of different things that happened. And honestly... That's one way to put it. When (laughs) Justine and Caleb won, and when they got handed those envelopes, and Justine opened hers, and then she won, I wish she took all of the money, and she didn't split it with Caleb, because... Honestly, like, it it seems like I wouldn't have been surprised if he wouldn't have split the money with her based on what happened. Um, so what are your initial thoughts here before I actually read, like, Caleb's statement and Justine's statement on Instagram?
0: Oh, God. I have a lot of thoughts. But I think that what you said pretty much kind of sums it up in terms of we are looking at the show called Love Island and turns out one of the contestants already found love off the island. So and by the way, I think why are so many reality TV shows set on islands, right? I think everyone just wants to have that isolated from the real world, contained in a small environment kind of thing. And I think that that's why there's so many reality TV shows that are just, you know, whether it's Survivor or whether it's this, you're in this little, tiny, contained space and it's so, kind of stuck in a
1: house for 99
0: days. Exactly, so with no access to the social media that could potentially tell you that you, the person you're dating is already dating someone else. And so, yeah. that kind of setup does it completely subvert the purpose of the show, which is to find love? Yes. But does it also give us a lot to talk about and encourage us to watch the show? I mean, yes, we're making a podcast about it right now. So, that's definitely. Something where you can just keep pouring fuel on those, on the spark that was kindled on that island and get so much more out of it, like as you just alluded to, those Instagram posts. So I would love to hear those.
1: Yeah, yeah and right before I read them, I do want to give a couple more little tidbits um, that this actually um, someone on Twitter at tw um unfiltered they actually tweeted this whole amazing thread about all the stuff caleb is being exposed for so you should definitely go check it out um but you know it was initially noticed like they unfollowed each other on tiktok so like that was a huge thing and then caleb was with that girl who supposedly named kaz um on new year's and nowhere near justine um (laughs) So that's also um, something that happened. There's, like, video footage that he's with this girl. Apparently he has a necklace that has, like, number 11, which was, like, her jersey number or something. Um, There were just, like, a lot of signs and hints that people noticed. Um, I guess Mm. another circle necklace, they both have the same matching necklace. Actually, this is one other thing. Someone found a very old tweet from 2015 that was kind of colorist. Um, and it involved basically a tweet saying like I'll never be with anything other than a mixed girl so that's also very problematic um,
0: to say the least if
1: that is you know true Um, and it's very awful because I I mean like that's what makes me feel even more like upset about how Justine was treated in the situation because she is a dark skinned black woman and so, like, it seems like he was feeding, you know, false, you know, false love, false feelings just to profit off of black love because he knows that people would appreciate that. And, like, he'd be able to, you know, start his own channel, YouTube channel, gain followers, start podcasts, do all the things that all these reality TV stars are doing. And I don't know. I don't like messing with people's emotions only to serve yourself better and I, so i'm not about those ulterior motors i don't mind if you go on the show and you like you're like okay i'm gonna go get some followers and you find love in the process and you actually truly love that person and it works out right but i don't like that other stuff like if you want a dating show you should be single <laughs> and that's usually a requirement right but like the fact that that's i don't know it's just like super ridiculous. Also, he was on a bachelor podcast behind the rose a few days ago saying that he was still adjusting and happy and whatnot. And that's why I'm just like, this is so so (laughs) ridiculous. This is so ridiculous and awful of this guy. And I don't like it. Okay. So now I'm going to read these, um, these statements. So, Justine posted her statement first. So she said, It's truly a strange feeling to be typing this out, but I understand it's my reality is now having to share some of the aspects of my life with you, all regardless of how private I like to remain at times. This is extremely difficult for me to express, but out of respect for those of you who supported me and wrote for me, I want you to know that Caleb and I are no longer together. I do ask for our time as I continue to go through the process of heartbreak and healing, as this all has been very hard for me. I cannot thank you all enough for the love and support to this point, and I hope that it may continue as we move forward as individuals. Um, So I guess I wanted to know, what what are your thoughts on that statement? And does anything, I guess, stand out to you? And if not, then I'll I'll say what stands out to me. (laughs)
0: Like... I think it's an extraordinarily well-written statement, and I think it's almost like it says something without saying anything, right? So you're not giving anything away. Um, But I think, ironically enough, like, you know, do you really get to hide aspects of your life once you become a reality star? And I'm not asking whether people should have a right to do that. I'm saying whether it is physically possible within the very – social media based world that we live in and the very social media based existence that these people lead is it even possible for them to kind of shut people out of their lives because there's always someone who's going to be watching out someone who's going to be following their every move so i mean can't is that even is this statement even effective in getting her the privacy that she needs and i quite frankly think that it's one thing to ask for privacy. As many celebrities know, it's a completely different thing to try to get it.
1: Yeah, I think it's very challenging because when it comes to reality stars that are going on dating shows, these individuals definitely, I feel like in a weird way, I don't really feel so, but in a weird way, I think the people who watch them feel like they're required to share stuff about their dating lives. Um, So... I don't really feel like Justine could have gone a long, really, really long period of time without saying something like, oh, I'm not with Caleb or I am with Caleb or this is whatever. But I don't think she's in, I don't think she has to share all the inner working details of what happened, went down with them. But the things that do speak to me is that she's talking kind of as an individual. Um, Right. She says, I do ask for time as I continue to go through the process of heartbreak and healing as this has all been very hard for me. And, you know, like, she also says, I hope that it may continue as we move forward as individuals. So to me, that's at least hinting, like, something went down, he hurt me, and I'm going to move forward.
0: It's almost like trying to read something by Henry Kissinger. Like, such a diplomatic, like, eloquent way of putting it and also not putting it, right? It's just as important what you don't say as what you do say.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure so many people are in her DMs like, What happened, Justine? Are you okay? And it's probably very <laughs> tough for her because she doesn't know what to say. She doesn't, you know, she probably doesn't want to cause more drama than there is. And the one thing that I learned about Justine while watching her is that she's a very mature, strong woman. And like, she, you know, I think she wants to kind of leave this to how people perceive it and doesn't really want to talk on it I mean I would be intrigued if she does decide to like maybe talk about it on her YouTube channel in the future or something like that but I don't feel like we necessarily need to know the in-depth details because I, it's coming out people are doing their FBI research just
0: CIA level of like counterintelligence it's kind of shocking
1: literally Caleb got exposed from his little sister's tiktok insanity what happened i'm
0: going to check on my siblings' tiktoks right after we finish this podcast
1: you really should you should make sure that there isn't anything like
0: incriminating there. Yeah. <laughs> oh well this has so. been so uh this has been so great it's been 45 minutes of talking about love island and i can't wait to get to all the other stuff love island bachelorette on our next installment
1: yeah, um, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you about this and we'll touch a little bit too, I guess in the future on what Caleb had to say, because that I think is... that his perspective um, and how he approached it was quite interesting. He's lost a lot of Instagram followers. Let's just say no that surprise his there. His response. <laughs> um, but there is just so much that we can talk about that I feel like we could go on forever. Um, But yeah, I really had a good time kind of like delving into some of the, I guess, reasons why people tend to go on these shows and kind of what we really get out of reality TV. Because I think I'd say that over the last several years, it's just been a great outlet for me personally to just kind of watch other people's reality and watch what they're doing and what they're experiencing and they're willing and open to share their vulnerabilities with people. And I think it's a way that people have been able to also relate to other people by seeing it on the screen. So it's also been quite interesting. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: And thank you so much, everybody, for listening to us. And we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you guys.